This is AutoLine Daily, the show dedicated to enthusiasts of the global automotive industry. Yesterday, we reported that pension funds in the U.S. and the EU want Akio Toyota thrown out as chairman of Toyota because he's been dragging his heels on supporting EVs. Well, today, Toyota unleashed a torrent of information about its new EV efforts that are being developed under its new business unit called the BEV Factory. Here's the highlights. Toyota is shifting more than half of its R&D budget away from ICE technology. It's working on different battery chemistries and shapes, including square batteries that will deliver 1,000 kilometers of range, or about 620 miles. They'll charge from 10 to 80% in less than 20 minutes. Toyota is developing LFP bipolar batteries where an electrode acts as both the anode and cathode and that will offer 20% more range than today's LFP batteries, will cost 40% less, and will charge from 10 to 80% in under 30 minutes. It's also claiming a breakthrough in solid state batteries that solves their durability issues. And the all-solid-state ones will charge to 80% in less than 10 minutes. Toyota says it wants to offer customers all these different kinds of batteries so they can choose lower cost or higher performance. It will also use silicon carbide chips in its battery inverters for higher efficiency. And the efforts go way beyond batteries. It's also using hypersonic rocket technology to improve the aerodynamics of its EVs. Toyota says it can hit a coefficient of drag of only 0.1. Today's best cars are around 0.2. It's shrinking the size of the rear E-axle so it can lower the roof line for better aero and not sacrifice any rear seat headroom. Like Tesla, Toyota will use gigacastings to make its EVs and says they will be made from only three main components. It's going to get rid of moving assembly lines in its factories and will use self-guided shuttles for far greater flexibility. Put it all together, and Toyota says it can cut its EV production lead time, its manufacturing processes, and its investment in half. Also like Tesla, The BEV factory will have all of its people in one location, all reporting to one leader to improve communication and slash the time it takes to make decisions. By 2030, Toyota expects to be making 3.5 million BEVs a year, 1.7 million of which will be from the BEV factory. As we also said yesterday, There's a snowball's chance in hell that Accio would ever be removed as chairman just because some American and European asset managers are complaining. But in Japan, saving face is embedded deeply in the culture. So even if a small fraction of Toyota shareholders voted to remove him, it would be deeply embarrassing. Since the shareholders meeting is tomorrow, no doubt Toyota wanted to release all this information today to convince everyone that the critics don't know what they're talking about. GM says it's committed to an all-electric lineup by 2035, but it's investing heavily in its IC vehicles, which will bring in the profits needed to pay for those EVs. 
Over the last week, GM announced $3 billion in investments to upgrade plants in North America that produce light and heavy-duty pickups and SUVs. Reuters estimates that GM will produce those models for the next 10 to 12 years and could earn as much as $50 billion in profit during that time. And GM's plant in Arlington, Texas, which builds its full-size SUVs, is considered the most profitable plant in the world. According to an auto analyst at Benchmark, last year that plant generated $25 billion in revenue and $4 billion in EBIT, which is nearly 30% of the company's total EBIT. And remember, GM also announced earlier this year that it's investing about a billion dollars to build new engines that will go in a lot of those vehicles. At Schaeffler, we pioneer motion. Electrifying mobility. Manufacturing smarter. Reducing CO2 emissions. Making energy production clean. Scheffler pioneers motion to advance how the world moves. Like most automakers making EVs, Renault is going to offer bi-directional charging, which basically allows the energy stored in an EV's battery to be used for non-car related activities. The Renault 5, which comes out in 2024, will be its first vehicle with this capability. But Renault says its bi-directional charger will be available on other future EVs as well. One way to tap into the benefits of the system will require an additional power box that attaches to the home. But it's essentially the brains of the system, and it will determine whether it should recharge the battery, sell energy back to the grid, or power electronics inside the home, all while factoring in incentives from the energy market and power providers. Renault will also offer a special adapter that plugs right into the charging socket on the vehicle and has a standard European outlet on the other side so owners can power something right from the battery. Ford has said it plans to make 2 million EVs a year by 2026, and a good chunk of those are going to come from its newly opened Cologne Electric Vehicle Center in Germany. The plant was first founded in 1930, but Ford invested $2 billion to add a new EV production and battery assembly line, as well as new tools and equipment. The first EV to come out of there will be the new Electric Explorer, which launches next year and is based on VW's MEB platform. The Explorer EV will be followed by a sports crossover, and while it didn't say if it too will be MEB based or not, Ford's GM in Europe previously said it would probably have two vehicles that use the platform. Ford's plant in Germany will eventually have the capacity to make over 250,000 EVs a year. Senator Joe Manchin is still ticked off how the Treasury Department interpreted mineral and battery component requirements for EV tax credits in the Inflation Reduction Act. He says the Treasury's guidance, quote, deviates from the will of Congress in at least three major respects. First, he's upset that percentages of critical minerals sourced or produced in the U.S. is not higher. He also argues 
that the Treasury's interpretation of battery materials discourages domestic production of battery components. And lastly, Manchin is critical that the Treasury is allowing free trade agreements involving only battery minerals to count. He says a true free trade agreement removes restrictions for substantially all trade and not just, quote, a mineral here or a mineral there. Daimler is getting ready to launch the production all-electric long-haul version of its big heavy-duty commercial truck that it sells in Europe, the Actros. Its official name is the E-Actros 600, and that number refers to its 600-plus kilowatt-hour LFP battery pack. Range is expected to be around 500 kilometers or 310 miles, but it doesn't say if that's with a full load or not. The truck utilizes an 800-volt architecture, which will allow that big battery to charge from 20 to 80% in well under 30 minutes when using a charging station with an output of about 1 megawatt. The E-Actro 600 also features a new in-house developed E-axle that combines two electric motors for 600 kilowatts of output or over 800 horsepower. Daimler says it put the truck through the same durability test that it does with its diesel trucks. Mercedes-Benz has set a goal of having a net carbon neutral new car fleet by 2039. And to help meet that target, the automaker has made deals with several steel producers to supply it with green steel. Within this decade, Mercedes plans to use more than 200,000 tons of CO2-reduced steel annually. Steel production creates a lot of CO2, and it accounts for up to 20% of the total CO2 emissions in the production of an EV. And that brings us to the end of today's show. Thank you for tuning in. Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone, solutions for your journey. Intrepid Control Systems, over-the-air engineering, boost your game. And by Scheffler, we pioneer motion. We want to know what drives your testing. OTA, connected car, diagnostics, remote testing. Intrepid Control Systems is here to help you work from anywhere. Intrepid Control Systems, driven by your data.